0: Hello to everybody who loves to say I love you It's beautiful, anonymous A little more than an hour this week Still one phone call, kind of, sort of Some names this time, no holds barred
1: I'd rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me
0: Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here And... Uh, this episode of Beautiful Anonymous, it's it's a, an extraordinarily unique one. I don't think we've had a situation like this in the history of the show. It's it's one that I'm very proud of. It was one that was very difficult, but it was one that was so eye-opening and so uplifting. So here's the situation we've run into. It takes a little bit of explaining. A lot of people, if you've been listening to the show for a while, a lot of people rank an episode that was called Motor City Mayhem. Amongst their favorite calls ever, it's a pretty common opinion amongst the fan base of the show. You might remember there were two guys on the phone. It was a live show in Detroit. They told me a friend of theirs was in the audience. He got on stage with me. They all kept talking over me. Uh, I kept having to yell at them and saying, "If you guys, I'm going to hang up if you guys don't stop yelling over me." And then I turned to the, the, the guy on stage and say, "Is this what they're always like?" It was a fun one, very very fun one. But they mentioned in the course of that call that that the two callers on the phone had both had bonded over the fact that their their fathers had been uh murdered and it it was kind of a crazy circumstance in the live show because because of all the chaos of the call we didn't even really get to that so you know we do these beautiful follow-ups we released a follow-up call to this one it has unfolded in a unique way and if you haven't listened to it yet i recommend you do we followed up with all three callers then we decided to go back and speak to each of them individually so in the follow up you've already heard from two of those people you're about to hear from the third and i'm going to warn you to brace yourself now you know these guys were so funny and i guess it is not it's probably just not shocking at all to realize that people who are that funny while referencing things that painful there's a deep well there there's a deep well and they're still really funny still really charming you've heard two of their stories um, you're, about, you're about to hear this third story. It, it's it's really difficult to hear the specifics of. And, you know, we are given to a chance to firsthand experience the repercussions of, of what happened to the caller. And it's not always easy, but you are going to walk away, I'm certain, feeling like this caller is uh, one of the strongest people you'll ever encounter in real life or any medium. And God bless all three of these guys for having each other's backs for, for being a part of this show. And, um, you know, there's so many confusing things with names amongst the motor city mayhem gang. They, they all started referencing each other. We reached out to, they said, don't even worry about bleeping. So they're cool with that. And, uh, remember you can go listen to the original call. If you haven't heard it, you can listen to the follow up. We put it out in your free feed and now you can hear the conclusion to the motor city mayhem saga. Thank you
1: for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host.
0: Tanya, are you on the line? I
1: am on the line, Chris. I got one other friend, another person here just wants to say hi. What? And then he's got to go, he's got an appointment, so oh, he wants say, to say hi. Is that okay?
0: I was going to say, if you introduce a new member of the crew, okay, who's he this? He is p- a new
1: member. He, well, he's not a new member. He's always been part of the crew, but he wants to say hi.
0: Okay, who's this person?
1: That's Ah, uh, that's my brother.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: Ah, says he's good. Well, His been... name is uh Corey, and um, it's not the same. Also, sitting six feet away from
0: him. Can you hear us? Oh, uh there was a little gap there. You, you after you said, yeah,
1: I'm yeah. staying six feet away from him right now because I'm supposed. I'm, I'm, I'm in quarantine, but staying away. Wow. but um he just wants to listen and talk a little bit too maybe so do you want to talk he's right now he's on facebook honestly i told him that i asked him if he wanted to talk to you and then he said he could care less so i don't <laughs> but that's usually my problem not yours so well i don't want to wanna, it
0: i don't want to force it but uh if you you know if you would both like to talk together wow. and you'd like to involve your brother that's it's totally your call do
1: you want, do you want to be involved right Okay, he says he is, but sometimes he says that, and then later on he gets distracted, and doesn't care about me. Um, That's That's so let's fair. just one. Uh, I just want to thank you for for everything. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for giving us this chance to talk again. So I'm. This has been very exciting already, and um,
0: I'm very excited for the next half hour. Well, technically, it's supposed to be 15 minutes, but I don't mind if we go long. Um, oh no, because minutes. you know what? You know what? I've been so much joking. And we've talked about some seriousness on the show thus far, but the adrenaline of having your friends with you, it went a funnier direction. But I think it's always been clear that you have a deeper story. And I think the fact that your brother is on the line is immediately making it clear that this one isn't going to be, you know, just the bits of the last one. So not as go, dude. yeah, let's not let, let this one go where it wants to go. And, and that includes the clock. I'm not going to, I'm not going to,
1: Wow, Chris, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Tori says thank you too. Do I say thank you? Uh, uh, uh. Thank you.
0: Well, you're welcome. And it's a pleasure to talk to you. Now, uh, I feel like you should maybe fill us in a little bit. Uh, yeah,
1: so I'll fill you in a little bit. Yeah. Tori is my brother, twin brother. Uh, who's the older brother?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He says me. Uh, <laughs> well, him, not me. Uh, half hour. And uh, but I'm the bigger brother so I can beat him up if I want to. He's shaking his head no but he's a liar. <laughs> uh, he's better at sports though he's more athletic. I will give him that, but I am everything else. Um, yeah so so we're twins. I don't know where we so well we were our parents I don't like I don't know if you know this, but where babies come from, but our parents had sex nine months before we were born mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and then we came out together and we've been together ever since and uh, but then you obviously know, everybody knows our story. Um, in 2012, we had the home break-in and uh, Tori was left in a coma and then he had a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. So now he is learning to talk again. And he also has seizures. Um, he also can get distracted a little bit, just like right now. He keeps getting on his phone. You're good? He's good. Um, but he's that but also, he's also my brother, and he's my best friend. And I love him. And uh, he uh, actually, just before this call, I told him I love him, which I've been doing a lot of. And usually, he just shakes his head. And today, for the first time, he said, I love you back to me. So without me forcing him to, too, which is a big deal. Right, Tori? Mm-hmm. And he said he might do it on the call today, too. So we'll see. He's, he's, he's going to have to decide. It's his own volition.
0: Well, that's... Uh... But,
1: that's so really that's, yeah,
0: that's a little catch up to uh, the the Cipriano twins. Um, I mean, it's I'm gonna say something that I I, I don't know I probably shouldn't say in terms of uh, playing by the rules of the show, but yeah, I, I I'm I don't play by that. <laughs> I know you don't. If there's one thing I've learned about you in our in-person yeah, and one. phone interactions, well, you know, because when we were in Detroit, that show was fun and games. There was a cheering crowd. You guys. You know, and you you mentioned your loss. I don't know how in depth we got. <clears throat> did you had mentioned that it made uh, actual national news? And I will tell you that I looked it up, and I just want to say, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, did, and it's uh, yeah. If that's okay with you, because it sounds you know, it seems like you're of course, of course. Want to talk about yeah, it? I can't control anything. Well, you know, I also don't want to sure. put you in a bad spot, but just, you know, since you're involving your brother and you just mentioned there was a home break, and you know, I, I do just wanna say that uh man for for someone who was so willing to be goofy on our first call, you're really a strong mm-hmm. person and your brother is as well. And you know, the scenario you got Okay, before, but who's stronger? Uh, that's for you guys to decide. I can't <laughs> I can't the story's pointing at himself right now, but, uh, <laughs> we'll tell you guys well uh, it's what it is. It's a situation that's absolutely unimaginable that no one should have to go through. And uh and you guys are super strong for doing it. And to hear that you're together right now and mm-hmm. love six each feet other, away. Of course. But it's yeah, be- yeah. It is beautiful but together. It's beautiful to be together. It's been really good. It's um
1: one of the blessings of the curse that is COVID and everything else going on in the world is that it kind of forced me to come home. I was already kind of making plans. But just quickened the plan. And uh, we've been able to spend the entire summer together. And I'll say that I've had a lot of fun hanging out with you, Tori. Have you had a lot of fun hanging out with me? He's admitting it. He's saying yes. We, again, usually he does not admit that. So, um, yeah, this has given us a chance. And because we've only been able to stay inside, it's, we are constantly around each other and have, if anything, I think have like learned to love each other, learned to be friends again. And if anything... I think we're closer than we've ever been our entire life right now. What do you think, Tori? He says, yes.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. Now I feel like I got to ask a question that uh, is a really hard one Mm -hmm. that you guys have thought about a lot.
1: Yes. We've thought about a lot of hard things. I know. Um, Yeah. It's good. It's fun.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's an obvious question, but you know, you have this, you have this, you have this horrible thing happen. You lose a parent and you mm-hmm. guys, you guys are twins and Yeah, you're born right together. Identical twins. Yeah. And now like no, t- fraternal, fraternal, fraternal twins, Sorry, just fraternal it, it twins.
1: Yeah. Very okay. different. Very different. Oh, really? remind you of that.
0: Oh, that's yeah. we so grew up interesting.
1: Very different. We actually went to two different elementary schools.
0: Oh wow!
1: How did yeah? In two different friend groups. Abigail was actually one of my friends first, and then he and then Tori had his own friend group growing up, and we slowly merged together in middle school, and then more in high school.
0: Wow! So already, yeah. We- so very different lives. Is that like one of you went to public, one of you went to private, that type of thing?
1: No, the way it worked was we both went to public but there is this public school in our area that is a lottery system to get into. And uh, I just happened to get into that lottery system and Tory did not. So, and my, our parents just like, it was a very hard decision, but from what they heard and talked to other people that they, it sounded like that it would be good for us to be in two different places. It would help us shape our own identities as individuals. And that's what we did. And uh, to the extent that like sometimes to, um, the extreme where in middle school we started going to school together again and then we were in classes together and we would switch out of classes when we were together we're, what are we Tori mm-hmm. hey my mom is coming in right now and she's gonna she has to take Tori to employment so he's not gonna be on for much longer but okay. can you do some can you do a favor for me absolutely while she's here Absolutely. Sorry to throw a bunch of stuff. Can you just, it's it's her and our dad's anniversary today. Can you just say happy anniversary
0: to her? 100% happy anniversary to you. And uh, to be giving <laughs> me. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to say happy anniversary. And for me to be on the phone and you to pass through the room and me to be a part of celebrating that. She's down, yeah. She's not, yeah. Don't get, don't get. You didn't tell She's, me I that.
1: I I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Come t- on, t- t- me Tanya. Mom home, Is Bob home? Okay, he says she's home. So no, she's not home. Tori, you got to oh, tell your brother
0: to, to get his shit together.
1: He, he he knows that. He knows that every day. He tries, yeah, he tries to tell himself. Okay, I'll let you know. I'll give you um, the uh, the sign is potato. When I say potato, you just say it. Okay? okay. 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 But um, but yeah. So we went to two different schools. Wait, is she here? Oh, here. Okay, Chris. Now she's here. Hi. Okay. Is-
0: this is chris gethard and we're currently taping the podcast and i heard you're passing through the room and i just wanted to say happy anniversary and um you know your son your son asked me to do that but i just want to say that to be able to be a part of celebrating love is such a beautiful thing and uh, i hope you have a really wonderful day thank you very much chris thanks helping us out a lot yeah thank
1: you. helped us a lot okay well They got to get ready for their appointment. So I'm going to go back to myself. Tori, do you have anything else to say to Chris? No. Do you want to say I love you? Uh,
0: Okay.
1: He says it to you, Chris. Look at that. He never says it to me.
0: (laughs) I love you too. Uh,
1: Yeah. I'll be home. I'll be home with the dogs.
0: Thanks for talking with me a little bit, Tori.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll be around. I'll be around. Uh, Yeah. You can leave them out. We got dogs and they're throwing up, I guess. So Mm.
0: that's just the Cipriano. All
1: Oops anonymous. That's the family household. Okay, now you just got me, Chris. <laughs>
0: um, well, thank you for, for letting me uh, share a moment or two with your, your brother and your mom. So it, it's, uh, yeah, you're, so you're in the middle of telling me that you were twins who kind of lived in a fashion that isn't the traditional attached at the hip mode.
1: Twin style. Yeah, exactly.
0: Fascinating in mm-hmm. its own right, though. So, you're born half an hour apart, your lives are going in a you know, this direction
1: different but- lives. Yeah. And, um, if anything, yeah, we just weren't as close, um, growing up because of that, and which I, I don't regret. I think it was a good thing. But, and then everything happens to our family. And if anything, so he was in the hospital for 16 months. Uh, multiple hospitals after, after actually, and he will remind you of that. He reminds us of that daily. So he was telling us anytime we complain, he says, "At least you weren't in the hospital for 16 months." Um, so that's just his sense of humor. But, um, but just during that time alone, like just sitting next to him, almost uh, on a weekly basis, almost daily, holding his hand, which he would never let me do if he was awake, and just being there with him, it really gave me a new, like, gave me a new chance to just like realize how lucky I was to have him.
0: (sighs) Let's take a pause. I know I'm telling you, I hear things like that. And and you realize value every moment with every person you love in your life. And I'm going to take a deep breath during this break. I'm going to remind myself of that. We'll be right back. Thank you to all of the advertisers who helped bring this show to the world. Now let's get back to the phone call.
1: Just sitting next to him, almost uh, on a weekly basis, almost daily, holding his hand, which he would never let me do if he was awake, and just being there with him, it really gave me a new, like, gave me a new chance to just like realize how lucky I was to have him and that uh, he was still alive. And since then, now it's been eight years. It's just continued to grow and uh, continue to grow. And now we've had this entire summer together. That's been really special. We've done a lot of, a lot of very cool things together. And um, even if he doesn't care about them, I do.
0: I, uh, I think it's really beautiful. I, I, listen, maybe, maybe more than any other call, you, you got to tell me if I cross any lines or if there's stuff you just don't want to talk
1: about. No lines. There are no lines. There are no lines with me, Chris. You can talk. Hey, you know that the first time we met, was there a line for you? No lines.
0: Yeah, but no. but That's listen, hilarious. but listen, this is this is a, this is a level of grief I can't imagine. There's got to be PTSD here. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. D- yeah. And and <laughs> even if you and I have messed around, and even if I was giving you the business earlier in this call, when we're talking about this, um, I don't want you to put on a show. I don't want you to feel like you have to entertain. And when you go, no lines, no lines, no lines, there are lines, there are. Because... I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, yeah, so you don't have to impress me. You don't have to entertain anybody. And if you go, I'm just not ready to... I'm still dealing with that, so I I don't want to deal with it publicly. Honestly, just say that. Don't worry about any of the other stuff. Sounds good.
1: Thank you. Thank you for saying that.
0: This break... You mentioned there was a break-in. Last call, you talked about how your dad had his life taken in that moment we just Mm -hmm. talked to your brother so that he had an injury that altered everybody's lives um forever and and you were there you were there Mm -hmm. that's that's uh
1: trauma that's trauma with a capital t
0: yeah man are you i would imagine you you talk to a lot of people about it as far as professionals and yeah Okay. well
1: okay. i'll be honest in the last year uh, literally since our call um, last year um, so my grief journey is uh, is uh is unique as is everybody's grief journey and uh, and i'd say in the la- just in the last year it has intensified and it has um, changed drastically um, which it was is difficult but also for it was for the better. And really, to be honest, this last year has like so. I I've, man, where do we start? Um, from the beginning, I've always I've always been very open about my story and about what happened to me. I've been very because I realized like. From the beginning, I realized like I cannot keep these things just in my head. I need to talk, and, talk, out, talk them out to people, whether that's a professional or whether that's friends or family. I just need to get these things out of my head because otherwise you're just clouding and it just becomes much more murky and much harder to deal with. And, and that's how I dealt with it for eight years. But at the same time as doing that, I got to a point where it became much more compartmentalizing everything that I was dealing with. And it became more of like, these are just the facts of my story. And... I don't have to deal with all the emotional part or the complex emotional part of it all. Right. And, and for eight years I survived that. That's that was my survival mechanism and it did me well. I, I, I was able to do well doing that. And, uh, and then things started to get bad last fall. Um, and if anything it's because things were actually pretty good because since everything happened with my family, I've also had two close friends die in their sleep. I've also um, experienced other grief and tragedy, um, over the course of the, all this time. So it was really like every few years, every couple of years, I had another kind of tragedy that happened that I had to like step up and put another front on and like deal with. And, uh, so just this past fall was the first time. And like, I'd say my entire, the entire grief journey so far that things were actually going pretty well for me. And I realized like when that starts happening, I start seeing everything else in my life that isn't going as well. And, I, because I wasn't in survival mode anymore and then everything else started just falling apart and I realized like these these uh this foundation that I was I I thought I was building for so long it just it was a house of cards and so it started tumbling down and I'll be honest last October was really like a bad place for me it was I I'd say I'd have I had a mental breakdown there was one specific night where I had a I had a bit of a mental breakdown and um by face it head on and, and that night, the next morning, I, uh, I uh, the first person, the person who just happened to call me, was Abigail, and about something else, and uh, and also, what, what are we doing with anonymity right now? Well, I just call him, Abdullah.
0: It's up to you. I mean, here, here's what we'll do. Yeah. Here's what we'll do is. You can do that, because it feels a little silly to call him Ab- Ab- Abigail. Yeah, yeah. And then you know what we'll do? I will say, you'll we say we grew what? up calling him Abigail. I w-
1: we <laughs> grew up calling him Abigail, which is why I chose that name specifically for him.
0: That's, that's, so that's how my
1: brother still calls, that's what my brother still calls him, Abby. So, but I'd like to call him Abdullah, because he's my friend Abdullah. Yeah, um, and this
0: story's getting serious. So here's what we'll do, if it's okay with you, is... Um, We'll, you know, we we obviously have his contact info, so we'll follow up, see if it's cool with him. If it's cool with yeah. him, we'll keep it in there, and if it's not, we'll just bleep it. But then you don't have How to do think about it. it the story. Time. Yeah, 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 but that way you can just that. tell you can just tell your story and, and not have to worry yeah. about the the pretense of our bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um So, i uh, just happened to call me the morning after, like, I mean, well, actually, like the night when it got bad, before it got like as it was getting bad it was one weekend so sunday it was october 13th and october 13th uh, another one of our best friends from growing up called me after a very emotional weekend for all these other reasons one i just saw parasite which is unbelievable my favorite movie ever i'm watching my i'm wearing my parasite shirt right now um but um i watched it for the first time and all these other things i was making a photo and a poem about my dad and like just really dealing with my grief head on and um and then my, one of our other best friends, me and other best friends called me to tell me that his dad had just died. And it just felt like this, like, why is all of these things happening at the same time? And it really just tipped me over. And, and on that call, while I'm on the call with my friend, I texted, I'll break anonymity again. I texted Jeremy, Judy, who lives below me in the apartment below us. I texted him and said, I need you up here right now. I need you in, in, with me right now. And he came up immediately and we talked to my friend about, his grief about his dad. And so one, like I had Jeremy in person right there. And uh, so that was very good. And then the night spun out a little bit. Um, it's a story for another time. Um, but I was on my own. And then the next morning, the first person who just happened to like, text me, actually text me, Abdullah, texted me about something else. And immediately I called him and said, this is what just happened. I need to tell somebody. And he said, you're okay. Everything's okay. But like, you need to rest right now. You need to sleep. You need to just relax. And um, but everything's okay. And just having literally having Jeremy on the on the at the beginning and Abdullah on the the end probably saved my life. Like literally, I would not be here today without them. And that's like through a lot of things. Um, and then from there, October fourteenth. Uh, since then, it was just a roller coaster of grief and, uh, and emotions and just dealing with everything head on. That same week, I ended up like kind of throwing my own intervention where I kind of just had to tell all my friends, this is what I'm going through right now. And like, I'm going to be different moving forward. Like, but it's because I'm really trying to take care of myself. I started seeing a therapist two times a week for probably like five months um, for the first time in a while. Um, and then, and that was in October. And then everything just got rocky from there. And Then February, March hit, and the rest of the world caught up to the badness. And then I had to, re- I realized like the best place for me right now is to go home. And I it was took a lot of planning, a lot of careful planning because really every day I just wanted to completely remove myself from everything. I just wanted to get away from everything, all commitment, all friends, family, just be by myself. But I knew that wasn't that was the worst thing that I could do at that at that time. And so I made I carefully made all these plans to just get home, be with my family because I knew that's where I need to be right now. And and that's what I was able to do somehow. I able I got back here. It felt like I was uh I I don't know. It felt like a lot of things. Um and then since then I've been here the summer and I ended up transitioning to a therapist that was closer to me here in Detroit. Uh still just so online, but it just helped having somebody nearby, and um and and just saying goodbye to that therapist who I had for like six months, two times a week. At the end of it, she said she was like proud of me, and she said you really have gone through. You've done a lot of work. And because she saw me literally at the the worst at the beginning of it all. So to hear that, it like, it just is a constant reminder this entire summer of like, I, I might not feel okay all the time because everything is not okay all the time, especially now with everybody, with the world, but I've made all the right decisions to get me to the point where I'm at right now. And I have to be proud. I'm proud of myself for how I've gotten here and taking care of myself because it's a lot of work. And now it's, yeah. Literally, I feel like talking to you today is like I'm on the other side, and there is no other side, which is like we're. But like this feels like an entire chapter in itself, like from when we first talked way back when. That was like right before everything got really bad, and now to be able to talk to you again today and to say that like things are better, it feels really nice. It feels really good.
0: Wow! And yeah, I'm so glad to hear it. So glad to hear, and you know it's it's uh. It's it's uh it's really fascinating because Abdullah spent his fifteen minutes and actually told his story and his yeah, thoughts on life. Yeah. God. But I will say he he's got so much love for you and you can feel it. And he, he did say you just told the long story, but he, he had just said one sentence before he got into his story, which was something along the lines of him saying, you know, um he called you Tanya then but said, uh
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's been he's been home and I've been here for it. And it feels like he's actually after eight years starting to process some, yeah. gr- some grief. And uh, yes, it's gotta be, of course you went nuts. Of course you went nuts. Like you're allowed yeah. to, I hope you didn't, I hope you didn't feel bad about it for a second when you said you had like a mental episode. Be- yeah. Good. Never
1: never feel bad about it. And you know why? Because you Chris, you have literally like, I don't know how much I. I can never thank you enough. Like, you have taught me so much. You've shown me so much about how to deal with these difficult parts of our life and like our interiority, our mental and mental unwellness. And if I didn't have you as like this flagship to say that, like, it's okay to not be not okay. I don't know where I'd be right now. Like I, in that time, one of the things I would listen to, I've been listening to a lot of music in the last year. But one of the things I've been, all of October, my spooky season is what I call it. All of (laughs) October, the playlist that I went to uh, on repeat was your quieter music for gentler days. And that got me through that entire month. And it's just like, yeah, you've shown me so much about how to allow myself to lose control a little bit or or a lot a bit so that I can get more in control moving forward.
0: Well, it's scary. I mean, it means a lot. It means a lot to hear that I, you know, I'm losing my hairline. My, a lot of my most interesting work is behind me, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I sit around and I go, "Why did I put that all out there?"
1: Oh my God, Chris! I think about this every day. You put it out for me. You well, that's what, for me. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man.
0: Then sometimes oh, I, yeah. well, then I sometimes meet people who say versions of what you just said, and I go, "Thank." fucking god thank god i put it out there if i get to help if i get to help and uh it means the world and for all the shit i was giving you about when we met at at your college i'm like even that night i knew like okay that was that was genuinely concerning but that's driven by something and uh now getting you know getting to know your story a little bit and and all the stuff you've been through i'm like okay yeah you're you're allowed to have a night where you manically approach you're allowed to be manic and approach your a lot yeah. to and uh... that night
1: your show uh, you talked about in college when you went through your manic days and you would make plans and all your, you would try to get all your friends on board and that like it was just completely out there but you were so in that manic ep- you'd be in those manic episodes that like you couldn't see past like the craziness yeah. and I think about that all the time I'm in that mode well these days I'm a lot better about it but I have Good. been in that mode for a lot of a lot in these eight years and and I think about your story and it just shows it like I'm not alone I'm not the only one who feels a little bit manic sometimes and that makes me laugh. if anything after our last call a, a really good friend of mine um, he came and visited me in LA it was around October I think actually so and so I was really just opened up to him and told him like everything that was going on and I probably wouldn't have done that before but I knew that like this is somebody I trust and I really need to talk to somebody and just open up and so I told him everything and then like he was just, he loved the the episode itself. He thought it was funny. It was like hilarious, everything that we wanted to be. But then uh, he also said that like, it was weird because on the call, you seem so like calm and normal and everything that I'm usually into is very crazy and chaotic because that's me. And uh, so he just didn't understand, like, I don't really understand why you, I I understand that Chris is like, is a great guy, but like, he's not as chaotic as you usually are into. So I don't get, and I, I, it made me realize, like, and I told him, "Is it like, it's because you are not as chaotic now, but you've been chaotic before. You've had, you know, that chaos. You know what it's like to lose control. And now that you're past that, and and like, not always past. I'm sure that like it's all on the road. But now you're in a place where you are creating spaces for people that can lose control a little bit safely, without shame. And that's why I think that's why I, and that's what I want to do. I want to help people, knowing that what I've been through." How can I help people know show that like it's okay to lose control a little bit? It's okay to feel unwell a little bit because like that's the only way to feel well again. But then it's just going to be a wave. It's like you you're well sometimes and then you're unwell sometimes. You're well. Just realizing like it's okay to not be okay.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And I did I did have a lot of chaos. <laughs> And if you look at a lot yeah. of, my, if you look at my old public access show, that's me trying to turn <sighs> chaos into something yes. productive instead of yes. something. Oh my God. <sighs> So it's the whole yes, premise yes, of the show, yes. but um, you know, it's uh, there's this phrase called survivor's guilt. And oh
1: yeah, I know very well.
0: Well, of course, because, you know, people toss around people like I've even said it of like, oh, you know, and also here's another thing I want to say, because you're being so honest with me. You're saying I'm not as chaotic as I used to be. And it's so true. Um, And things are calmer and more stable. And I I feel more at peace. I I, I won't lie. I don't always feel happier. I don't know if I don't know if I have that in me. I want to, to my therapist about this yesterday. Yeah, well, I so tell it. you, man, I had a thought recently, and it made me so sad that I thought I was mowing my lawn, and I go, I think part of why I like comedy is I, I get to make other people happy because I don't really feel it all that often. Feel but,
1: happy, yeah.
0: But I do feel more at peace and calm. At peace, and, content, and that, content. And that brings the happiness into it. It makes me realize <sighs> happiness takes on many forms, but even in the course of being someone who's calmer, and more zen, about five weeks ago, I was I was minutes away from calling an ambulance to take me to a, a mental hospital. Oh so that's, that's still, that will never go away. And yeah. obviously I think you're always going to have things yeah, to deal which, with. And, it,
1: it, it, it's such to hear that kind of, but also it's great to hear that. I literally had at least three moments in the last year where I was about ready to, to check myself into a mental institution because it really felt like that's the only way I can really make sure I'm okay and like really get help, com- all the help I need. And I, I never did, but I looked at it many, like at least three times there was a moment. So, and and you, hearing that from you is something that like, I already know in the back of my head, but it still kind of sucks. It's like, my entire life will be, I will always have these mo- like, And hopefully these moments become less frequent. And I believe they will become less frequent. But that doesn't mean that it's just going to completely go away. It's always going to be yeah. a part of me. Well, if I got
0: <laughs> I got to ask about that if it's okay. Yes, of course. It's okay. So you're you're home one night, you're living the life you've always lived. Somebody somebody you know shows up.
1: No, very well. Somebody I know very well.
0: And your dad winds up dead other people in your family are injured, you're home for it. And then your twin brother suffers injuries that alter his personality, his physical abilities, alter everything, everything, everything. Everything. So Mm -hmm. you're saying, you know, you're hoping that these thoughts, you know, they'll always be there, but hopefully they're less. And, we talked about you know uh, survivors guilt is like a phrase that gets tossed around for situations like like oh i moved out of the city during covid and all my friends are still in the city i'm feeling survivors guilt and that that is a person. but <laughs> yeah, you actually yeah. survived it's real. It's real. it is but but yeah. you know your situation yeah, is why that yeah. phrase was invented you 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 walked away you were the one who walked away
1: unscathed physically
0: unscathed. and then you see your twin brother
1: Literally the 50% of me, the other half of me is completely changed, altered.
0: And every time you hang out, every time you talk.
1: It's, I, it's a reminder every day, every, every moment we're together. I don't mean, like, know. It. And if anything, for a while, I was able to forget it. Cause he was in the hospital for a while. I was living my own life in high school. And then I went to college doing my own thing. And then I went to LA and, and for so long, it was like, I was able to just pop in and pop out and it was just like i like i know like everything is fucked. sorry sally sorry Mom. with my family and like our whole story but like for a while i was able to kind of like forget about it when i was in college it was like i was just a, i was just a kid in college i didn't have to think about it all the time and and then i was in l but like they're all underneath that was guilty <laughs> from, from the beginning i had i i realized that like being guilty is not productive. Like, I know that I feel guilty about this, that like, I, but like, it's not productive for me. So I just got to move on. Like, I just got to take care of the situation as it is now. And so that's the way I did it. And that, again, it's the survival mechanism that I used and it did me well for eight years and I was able to survive because of it. And then eight years into it, like, it did, like, survivor's guilt started coming back coming back stronger and it was realizing like oh all that guilt i tried to pretend like i wasn't feeling or it wasn't worth feeling it's all still there and i have to deal with it and like and that's really hard and and if anything it showed up in other ways it showed up in a feeling of like white privilege or in uh class classism and i would like i would um uh transition i would translate into all these other parts of my life where i can actually say like no, like I actually do have it better than other people, like so I should feel bad that like I don't have it as bad as other people, and but deep down it's realizing like, oh like I do have it better than my brother, and I feel really fucking guilty about that. Sorry, about Sorry, Sally. And I had to deal with that head on, and it's been very, very, very difficult. But it's constant work. It's constant work. Well,
0: I I, I gotta say I. I... There's a lot of people who are hearing the elements of your story we're talking about today. Who I bet if you Mm ask, I bet if you ask them, whose role do you, whose role, you know? I bet there's a lot of people where if you said to them, "Hey, God forbid something like this ever happened to you. God forbid should never happen to anyone ever, and hopefully never happens again." I bet there's a lot of people who'd go. The unscathed I I wouldn't want to be the unscathed guy. That might be the hardest. That might be the hardest role and of all. That might be the hardest role of all. That's the
1: thing. It's um the emotional burden is a lot. It's and like unscathed, I say physically, because I'm very much not unscathed in every other way. Yeah. And if anything, it is very difficult to like at the same time that it's hard to see my brother having such a hard time with life now, uh, physically and everything. It's also very hard to know that, like, other people don't know how hard it is for me. I like every day is it's a fucking challenge to wake up to, and and that is like that's right. And if anything, we haven't even talked about my sister, but like she was also unscathed, but she was also saw everything. She was in the middle of it. I was underneath my desk in my bedroom, calling nine one one. And so I didn't see any of it uh, except for at one point, one of the people, one of the intruders came into my room to look for me. Um, But other than that, like I just heard everything. My sister was in the middle of it. And Uh so that's, that's the thing that is like, I'm, I know that I have to take care of myself. It's kind of like the anchor through all of this, through everything for me is like, I I'm doing everything as best as I can, because I know that I have to be ready for when, Isabella goes through this and
0: I believe it
1: when she goes through the same things. And because, yeah, I have a very big fear that like one day she's going to go through her mental breakdown. She's going to, everything's going to fall apart because that definitely hasn't happened yet for her. She's only, she's 17 now. She was eight years old when it happened. Jeez. Um, but the hope through all of this has been that like, if I can figure out my mental breakdown and do it, figure out and take care of it as well as I can this entire year and this grief and just be as open and healthy as I can about this, then maybe my sister won't have to go through the same thing that I'm going through right now. And she'll have to, she'll go through her own version of it, but hopefully she doesn't have to go through it as bad because she knows that I'll be there whenever she needs me. I'll be there. And, and that's what like, yeah, the being physically unscathed, carries a lot of burden on all of this. So It's definitely big. Well, it's like. But then then what? We haven't even talked about. We haven't even talked about my mom, and I love my mom so much. And like, she knows it, but like, I don't say it enough. I don't, and I don't think any of us say it enough. But my mom, she's she's a superhero she's a superhero and like we could talk about, I could talk about my mom for days and like, if anything, it's like sometimes I feel bad because I know all of these things. And I know how much I love her, but sometimes it's hard just to like have a conversation with my mom because so much other things are going on and like so much other stuff is happening. But also at the same time, I'll say this summer has also given me a whole, like has I've been able to grow our, my relationship with my mom in a completely no way and a better way as well. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure I said a little bit about my mom.
0: She sounds like a really amazing person who's been forced to step up in a way. No, parent should be, but she's doing it. That's very inspiring. And uh, yeah, it's it, when you tell your story and you say, you know, some people lost their lives, some people got hurt, some people got hurt worse than others. My sister was in it, and I was under the desk. It, it's um, it's um, it's like almost. I don't want it to sound like I'm joking, but I'm not. But it's almost, it's such a dark thought of like, you got to deal with the fact that you're the lucky one. But
1: I'm the, the lucky one, yeah. But this, yeah. Si-
0: this situation it's, is so yeah. fucked that the bar Fuck, for what constitute yeah. lucky is, <laughs> Luck. constitutes lucky is yeah. so yeah. low. And then you got to deal sure. with that guilt. That's like the definition of survivor's guilt. And uh, man, sure. I got to say for as much shit as I've given you, it was so evident in the first call being on stage with Abdullah that he's hearing you guys joke and uh, you know, kind of talking about how you and uh, Jeremy both lost your parents. And, uh, mm-hmm. but you could see in Abdullah's face that he was the one there making eye contact with me. And I just knew like, all right, this is a, uh, this is oh, a real man. Well, it's a real situation, and he seems like a friend in your life who's really aware of that. and uh, Very
1: aware. More aware than probably anybody.
0: So for all the shit I gave you, I got to say... Uh, it's
1: what friends do, man. We give each other shit. We give each other shit.
0: Well, here's what's uh, about to make me... start crying.
1: I was waiting to start crying, so I'm waiting.
0: <laughs> well, here's what it is, right? Is your guy's first episode, many people say, is the funniest one in the history of Beautiful Anonymous. I think a lot of people, it's you guys or it's the goose laugh guy. I think that's most people's opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah that's another great one.
0: Well, I was doubled over laughing on stage. And everybody who heard yeah. it, I mean, that's like 100,000 people heard it and they are going, oh, my God, this is so funny. And then anybody who hears this, going be sad. No, they're not gonna be sad. Emotional, sincere, sincere. Well, they're also between what you guys have told me collectively and what you've now told me individually. It's like the power of laughter can be so real. Laughter. Oh, the power of friendship Ooh. can be so real. The power. I know, I know. The power, amen! Say yeah, it, Chris! Amen! And and you know what, though, too? It's like so many things. It's like the 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 power of sometimes needing to dive into the chaos is very real. Yeah. The power of sometimes knowing if you can't hold your mental state together, sometimes you have to just let go and let God and let the damn break so you can get to where you need let to be. Let the damn break. Like, yeah. if you can't pick yourself up, you got somebody, like, Abdullah who will, you know, you got someone like your mom who will, you got someone like Jeremy who comes up as soon as you say, Hey, I need you here. And, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. that first call, I feel like so many people are going to listen to this and they're going to go back and listen to that one and go, Oh, this made me laugh so hard and it's still making me laugh so hard. And I didn't even know what it really was when I first listened to it because yeah. it's yeah, the story of your guys' friendship is, uh, like, You pray, like you pray, you pray, like, I'm going to say it, like, uh, if something, like if, if a horror ever unfolded to the, uh, to the level yeah. you had to fucking go through, I don't, yeah. I don't have an, I don't know who the Abdullah in my life is, you know. And that first, and I don't think Jeremy would be offended. He he met you later in life, but
1: yeah, I love Jeremy. Uh, yeah,
0: and he seems great, but it it seems like Abdullah was your friend before, and he was there for you then, and it seems like he really makes a point. And I'm not gonna lie, man, you're gonna hear it when you listen back, and I bet it'll make you smile. He said it said in the course of his call and and he didn't talk about you the whole time only for a minute or so but he did say he's like you know my friend is back and uh it can be emotionally exhausting
1: oh yeah oh yeah
0: but he also uh like he stepped up and uh stepped up god damn do i uh do i thank god he was in your life cuz i know i don't know who i don't know who that person is for me cuz th- and i think most well, people most people don't have that and uh yeah that's the story of the first call right that's the story the, the story we didn't know the story we never knew of that first call is that you had been through something where you needed people to lift you up and and we didn't know that yeah. that call represented that these were two of the people who who did
1: but but at the same time, like honestly, Abdullah is that person in my life. Jeremy is that person in my life right now, and a lot of people are that. Yeah, I'm sure you got many. But but at the same time, when everything happened, I don't know if if they were if Abdullah was that person. And it's no no fault of Abdullah. It's like we were fucking kids nobody knew what the fuck to do with. And like, so if anything, like when everything happened, I don't know if I did, I didn't have that one person that I I, I went to. And like, I had like Abdul was part of a larger group of uh, like a, a larger group of friends that were that those people for me. But I was and Abdul tell you himself. Like I did not talk about these things emotionally. I did not lean on them when I needed them to. Like I would talk to them openly again about the facts of the story about what happened. If anything like, uh, the friend whose dad died in October, like he was the first person, the day that everything happened, I went to the hospital to see my brother. And then my my friend, like we got White Castle just because he knew I needed to get out of the hospital. And I told him the entire story that day, the first day that it happened. And it was good. I had him to tell that story to, but that was just facts. And he didn't know what to do with that story. He was just asking because of fucking morbid curiosity, but also because he's my friend. But so I don't, I can't say that I really had and Abdullah and a Jeremy and a person like that when everything happened. I had a lot of people that were everything that I needed them at that time, but Abdullah and Jeremy has become Abdullah and Jeremy over the course of eight years. And now I know that I have Abdullah and Jeremy and, and these people whenever I need them.
0: This call's reminded me of, of something very important, which is that real life's not a movie. It has its moments that are unimaginable, it has its moments that feel like you're, you're in a piece of fiction, but what happens is your family and your friends. Those are the ones, they're the people who are there whenever you need them. Just like our caller said, we'll be right back. Okay, everybody, that was the final break. Breaks are over. Let's finish off this really amazing phone call.
1: And now I know that I have Abdullah and Jeremy and and these people whenever I need them, but it's not like I had them right away. And that's like, that's, it's been a very, like me and Abdul have gone, literally have gone back and forth with our friendship where like in college, we barely talked to each other. We didn't, we weren't really friends. At that. Wow. We were like, we were childhood friends, but like, we were two different colleges, two different lives, two different, everything, two different worlds. And it was good when we saw each other. We were friends when we saw each other, but we weren't, we didn't, we didn't talk about this kind of stuff. And that's what I did talk about that in the first episode, a little bit yeah, I touched on yeah. it saying that like, If anything, it's only really since he moved out to L.A. where we really became adult
0: friends. And that's really where
1: it became, yeah. And that's when we, that's when Abdullah became Abdullah for me. That's when when he became Abigail.
0: You know what? You know what it's making me realize? You know what it's making me realize? Because like, there's these stories. And again, I'm not asking you to relive it. And I don't want anybody out there. You know, it's it's a thing that's out there. And and I'm sure there were listeners who checked it out. It's the type of story that shows up in like a fucking documentary, it like you know, like yeah, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. It really is. Yeah,
1: Un- there's we've already have talks. Yeah, and Abdullah, and uh, yeah. You yeah. see these shows? You the
0: whole- use you use the phrase. There's these shows you could probably just call. them. I, I bet people have. There's a genre of like morbid Literally. curiosity shows yeah, that are on A and E and stuff like that. It's a, it's a story way at that level, um, and you know what? I bet happens to every family that goes through that. Cause I remember Yeah, you know, the people growing up who suffer tragedy. And what happens is it's almost like this bomb gets dropped. And there's yeah, this it's bo- a
1: 9 11 It's a mini 9-11. And then there's like, this blast not to zone. Take right? any push- there's this yeah, blast zone everybody, everybody around
0: f- and everybody flees that blast zone for their own comfort. And I bet there's some people who I bet there's some people who never approach again i bet there's lost along the way yeah and i bet there's some people who go man i thought we were friends and you can't handle what happened to me but i need you and you're not here and then so it's unfair for me to romanticize oh abdullah was your abdullah because i guess at the end of the day it's the people who are willing to work well and it's the people who are willing to walk back into that blast zone when they do know what happened yeah that uh, that are the real strong ones and there's no way around the fact that the The place where I feel for you the most, my friend, is that there is no way for someone to go what you went through without having a period where you must yeah. feel so intensely alone. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. I hope, I hope that,
1: uh, I hope that I, that goes I, away. I never anymore. felt, I never felt completely alone. Like again, I will, I will thank our community the uh uh, anonymous like uh, the farms and hills community the catholic central community the um the metro detroit community our family and friends our literally the ciprianos the trons i had i was literally raised by a village and so i was never alone and that's what like and and that's what it feels like and i still think i'm still being raised by a village our family our family as a whole are still being raised by a village but like so I've never felt completely alone, but there are moments—the night when everything fell apart, October 13th, October 14th, early morning, 6 a.m. October 14th—I was on the roof of my apartment, and um, and losing my cool a little bit, as they say, as a kid say. Um, and and in that moment, I had I had nobody, but but that's in. I knew that I had people, but in that moment that is a feeling of loneliness and it's not being alone, but in that moment, like nobody can completely understand what I'm going through right now. And I just, I cannot like nobody can do anything to fix me. And yeah. that's, that's the hard part is realizing that like literally nobody can do anything to fix me. And, yeah. and everybody will and has tried to do everything that they can. And They will continue to try everything they can. But at the end of the day, this is what I just talked to my therapist yesterday. And what I think about a lot these days is my dad will always be dead. My brother will always be completely different. My mom will always have a much, much, much harder life. And my sister will always be like, whatever happens to her. And the person who did this to me, he will always be in prison, dealing with the fact that he did this, the two of them, to our family, our family, literally to our family, um, I'll let that give a little Easter egg. Um, but um, nothing I do will ever fix that. Nothing will ever like take that pain away, and and that's what I realized on a day to day basis, moment to moment basis. And it's like it's the waves are like on the good days. It's like realizing there's nothing I can do to fix that, and that's okay. And on the low days, it's realizing I can do nothing to fix this, and that fucking sucks. Yeah, that really fucking sucks, and that. But, but that's, but then, but then you take a step back and you realize that we all have these things in our life. Like you have this thing in your life. You've already talked about it. It's like, there's a sadness in you that will never go away. And that's just because like, like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like the way our brains work, it's just these things in our brain that are just a little bit broken. And the more that we just realize that and accept that, I think the more that we can figure out, okay, well, how do we, how do we make the best of the incomplete situation that we have, and that's what's like also keeps me going. Is we all have these holes in ourselves that will never be filled with anything that we do.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that
1: has to be okay.
0: I, I I feel like the world would be a kinder place if <laughs> we spent less time going. Yeah. <sighs> Well if we spent less time going, how do I fix you? How do I fix myself? And instead we just go, yeah, fuck it, just, I'm sorry. I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm broken. Let's I'm deal broken. with it. Let's not be awkward. Or... Just sit here. And
1: that's I, that's one of the best things this summer with Abdullah has been is he's kind of forced his way over to my home several times this, this summer. Not in a bad way, but like in a way that like I just kind of want have won this summer has been a lot of just me being on my own and really figuring myself out. And Abdul has been the person to kind of force himself and keep forcing himself into my life. And sometimes, like, I don't always want it. But every time it happens, every time he comes over, it's, it's very good. We just hang out outside yeah. and we just talk about things. And it's just being able to sit next to him and tell him, I'm just really fucking sad right now. And I just, I'm just i on the verge of tears right now. And knowing that there's nothing he can do to, like, fix that or make it better. But just being able to say that to my friend, who I know that is just listening and hears it, that makes all the difference. literally like, I would not be here today without that, without him being able to do that, without other people being able to do that. And and moving forward, it's like, now that I've like figured out quote unquote myself or as best as I can, how can I be there for others? How can I just listen? And Chris, this is what you
0: fucking do, Chris. This is what you fucking
1: do. Sorry for yelling, sorry for sparing, sorry for everything. But like, Chris. You are giving a place for people to just tell you how fucking sad they are. You say that's okay, and then you make a joke. You can make a joke about it, and that, ah, Chris, I like, and I know you know that, but like, I just want you to hear it out loud again because you need to. You deserve to. You have you help you help lots of people, and you will always help people. Everything that you've made will continue to help people
0: for history. Well, that's what I. Listen, my friend, I think I've made the things that'll help, and I'm proud of that. And Beautiful Anonymous will keep helping. As far as career yeah. suicide, they get their show. They can just go live live on the YouTube and the streaming services, and then I'm going to play with my kid. And that's, uh, I think. The Dumpster
1: episode will always help. The Dumpster <laughs> episode will always <laughs> fucking help, man. Well, that listen. is one of the best episodes of TV of all time. I, like, I'll fight anyone on that.
0: Now, listen, we got to wrap up. And But I just want yeah. to say, yeah, you lived through something unimaginable. You opened up about it here. You showed us what that first episode was really about. And I don't want to end on compliments to me. I want to end on compliments to you and say, you, uh, you are a survivor and mm-hmm. you're a survivor of one wow. horrible night and you're a survivor of eight subsequent years. And you're going to be a survivor of the rest of your lifetime. And you're so fucking mm-hmm. strong, and so is your brother, and so is your mom and uh, sister. I want to send you some love. And we're going to end. We're going to end. We're ending each of these three individuals. It feels so fucking dumb to go back to these, but I'm going to do it.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Can I just say, we're all survivors. We're all survivors. Everybody's like, surviving survivor something. And everybody is surviving something. And also, Chris, one other last thing is that. You say that you don't know who your person is. And like, it's weird to be saying this over a phone call and like on a podcast, we like have met in person two or three times. And the first time you were scared of me, but like, (laughs) Chris, if you ever need anything, literally I'm a phone call away. Like I will be there. Anything. You you know, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Now I love you, brother. Love you too,
0: man. Let me ask you, what do you think? uh, We'll go back to the aliases. First question. What do you think Judy talked about?
1: he talked about. Uh, he started talking about pickles. Um, and then he... I hope he talked... Did he talk about his uh, girlfriend, his relationship?
0: You're going to have to listen. I will offer no insight. Maybe girlfriend.
1: Okay. And he, I hope he also talked about his death and his grief too. So uh, okay. He's got a lot to talk about. But those are things I hope he talks about.
0: What do you think Tanya talked about? I'm Tanya. Oh, you're Tanya. What do you think, Abby? Confusion. confusion. <laughs> Const- Abby... <laughs> I've still never, I really never. I was going
1: to, I was going <laughs> to ask you this at the beginning of this entire call. And then I threw Tori on the call at the very last seconds, which I want to do these days and my entire life. Um, but I really fucking hope Abdul talked about his mom and his family because he needs to. And like, and Abdul, you're going to be listening to this right now. And I think I've said this to you, but like, you're fucking Abdullah. I don't know how much gets through you or like when you listen to me, but like you please talk, know that you can talk to me about what you're going through right now, anytime you want. Like my time, all of this stuff is, is, quote unquote, "over, and I'm here for you, Abdullah, and I'm here to listen to you, and I hope you talk to Chris about it, but I'm also here for you whenever you're ready, and I really hope that you start fucking talking to me about it.
0: So final question. Yeah. If a movie is ever made about the, the three friends from Motor City Mayhem, who plays each of you? Uh,
1: Dev Patel is Abdullah. <laughs> um, mm, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, I know me, so <sighs> Jeremy. Who? Oh fuck! Can I just sit, like, sit and think about this for a little bit? I really want to get this right, and. Pickling, pickling. Ah, oh, fuck! Sorry, Sally. Sorry, sorry. It's okay. Um, um. I want to get. Uh, it's not going to be perfect. Like, mean, it's, it's not going to be good.
0: Uh, just go with the gut. I got to pick somebody up at the train station, go. bro.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> cool, cool guy, cool guy. Um. Just, uh, the guy that plays Min in uh Bong Joon-ho Parasite, the guy who plays Min. Okay. That is Jimmy. Okay. And uh me is um Shia LaBeouf. Buff.
0: All right. Yeah. I'm going to say good. Okay. I'm going to say good night on that. My sorry, friend, this was an amazing call. Amazing call.
1: Go pick up that person and That's tell him hi for me. Tell
0: him I said hi. Amazing. This uh, this conversation I, I I'm going to be thinking about it forever. So yeah, my me too, brother. My me so. I love you very much. So thank much you love. To you. So much love to you. You too, brother. You too. You too. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Just have to say I mean thank you doesn't sum up enough. Um, how I feel towards the caller for trusting me and telling this story and, and helping to relay it to the world and cannot imagine cannot imagine and i'm sure none of us can no one out there can ever imagine this story and it's just proof that that life can get very real very unexpectedly but most of all hearing about your strength the way family has come together the way your friends have been there for you it it, I, i don't know what to say except thank you for sharing with me And thank you to Jared O'Connell, to Anita Flores, to Jordan Allen, to Shell Shack. Check me out at chrisgeth.com. If you like the show, subscribe, follow, favorite, all those different things on your different platforms. Thanks so much. See you next time.